The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, it's Justin Barkley in for Pat Gray today. Wow, this is... See, nice and warm. Thanks, Doc. Man. All right. Listen, I'm glad to be back. I haven't been here in a long time. Change the paint on a wall a little bit. Kind of nice. It looks good in here. There's always, uh, it's always a pleasure here to be with you at uh, at the Blaze. Man, this is always fun. Get a chance to fill in uh, for uh, for several different folks in several different shows. And, uh, man, it's, it's always... You know, this is like my favorite thing to do because you get it. Like the the Blaze audience is a little different. You know what I mean? Like the, it's the, it's just sort of a different kind of place. For me, it just kind of feels like home. You know, I I, I really it it does. It just kind of feels like home. So it's always an honor and a and a privilege, pleasure. To be here with you, get a chance to uh, to have some conversations and give these guys the time that they uh, they they definitely uh, well deserved time off for the holidays. So we'll talk turkey, we'll talk all that normal kind of you know, right holiday stuff. But the news doesn't stop, and you know we even though we might be off or you might be gone or you might be taking a vacation, man, it's twenty four seven. It's drinking out of a fire hose. It's a full-time job keeping up with this stuff. I mean, it literally is. I have to force myself to turn it off a lot. You ever do that? You just kind of like turn it. You, just, you know what? I can't. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Whether it's turning the turning the TV off or even, God forbid, turning the radio off. But I have to. Sometimes it's just too much. And it's something I think yeah, I recommend over the holidays here. And matter of fact, uh, go ahead, turn me off. I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't need right. It's just say hey, we don't need it. We just sit and be with our family and uh, and and do plenty of that during Thanksgiving. Put the devices down, your phone, the laptop. Turn the TV off for a bit. You know, sometimes we just need that. I'm here to keep you up to date, though. God forbid we miss any piece, any second, any any bit of what's happening. You know, it's funny, and it, and I I don't mean to to dive into like the digital detox, you know, right away. But you know, I I went away for a, like a, my wife and I do like a vacation for our anniversary. We got married in October, so every year we uh, we celebrated our sixth this year, and we went away. We like turned everything off, and I I got to tell you, man, I was surprised when we came back. Only a couple of days, but the world was still here. It's still here. So what? Uh, what do we got today? Um, one of the things we're going to be talking about, oh, Marilyn, is it Marilyn? No, Charlie. <laughs> I get the Mansons mixed up. Charlie Manson dead, eighty three. Looking back, and man, what a what a historic, a piece of our history. That's absolutely tragic, a horrifying piece of our history. Woven in. So much so, I don't know if you've been paying attention to this, but there is a 
show, a, a, like, a, like a pop culture kind of, it's like a kind of like a scary, like a horror movie type of show, right? That is on now. Um, and I, I think they're like five or six seasons deep. And I've watched some of them. Boy, they are they are freaking. We I actually watched a little bit with my wife this last season. It's all about cults, and Charlie Manson featured prominently within that show. But man, it is it is eerie. It is eerie how they like kind of weave in the 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 stuff from today, right? The stuff from today, the stuff from two thousand seventeen politics cult leaders and and the insanity now of course that show is a little one side i mean there's a little bit of hollywood spin in there you got to know that going into it but every every bit of it is you know there's are you boycotting the nfl too i i can't i mean i i i, I got to tell you i i'm where i am right now i'm broadcasting from grand rapids michigan right and um in Michigan, we have the Lions. Growing up when I was a kid, I grew up in, in, in uh, Indiana. We didn't have football. Only basketball. It's like a religion there. It's only basketball, no football. So we, we had, you know, as a kid, uh, we had the Colts. We don't really say that too loud because they were not very good back then until they got Peyton Manning, and then I was all on the, I was all on the bandwagon. Peyton's gone. I jumped off. They got Andrew Locke. I don't really pay much attention to it, but here, you know, I got into the, the Lions. So we've been here for over a decade now, and uh, it's really I can do like the one foot in, one foot out. So Lions are so horrible. Like you would not want to root for the Lions unless you were born into it. You know what I mean? Like this is not something unless you really like to inflict pain on yourself. So, uh, but it is part of our kind of a you know we get together with family and stuff on Sundays and watch a little football. So. I, I haven't seen as much this year, this season. I'm not a big boycotter, but I have not seen as much this year as that I paid attention to the football in the in the past years. I'll tell you that much. Uh but this whole this whole weird thing about I I don't know. This have you seen the Marshawn Lynch story? The NFL is so weird as it is in the first place. It's completely discombobulated. It has a lot to do with the politics. Being put in places that it shouldn't be, right? And so we'll talk a little bit about this later on. But this guy goes to Mexico City, plays a game. First of all, why is the NFL in Mexico City? You tell me. Why is the NFL in London? These people could care less. They couldn't care less. They could not care less about football. I mean, the football they watch is soccer. Which, as a bigger kid, I played that while I was a kid, and I got to tell you that you, there's no there there's no dumber game than running or chasing a ball around the field. Nobody ever scores. It's just it's just pathetic. But the soccer, that's what they're into. They're not going to watch football. So NFL's out over there in London. We're trying to reach out. We want to get new. You know why they want need to get new viewers, new people to watch the sport, right? Because people are turning it off here in America. Whether people have a right to do this or do that or protest or we should listen or any of these other, I'm not, I don't care about, I'm not getting into that. You just talk about, uh, from a standpoint of people, a brand completely turning its head on its, or turning its, 
basically dead on, on the people that have turning its back really on the people that have got them where it is. The the right, the people that watch the NFL. Just from a, a standpoint of a business, just a bad business move. It's absolutely ridiculous. Some of the things that are. so Marshawn Lynch is. <laughs> and how is the president involved? By the way, he's in Mexico City, Marshawn Lynch. Not not the president. And he's over there and they play the national anthem. And this guy. <laughs> he sits, takes a knee, whatever, right? For for the, the the national anthem, our national anthem, right? But for the for the Mexican national anthem, right? The for their whatever that song, I don't even know what that song is. What would that be? I'm not disrespecting Mexico or anything like that, but but he stood for that. Now he was. Do you see what? The, I don't care what your cause is. These people are so. They don't. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, it's himno nacional mexicano, so it's like the Mex the the Mexican national hymn. And I have some experience with this because if you've ever been to like a hockey game, they'll play the they'll play like the Canadian national anthem, right? Especially playing in Canada. It'll do the they'll do the American national anthem. I I'm all for standing for that Mexican national anthem. You're in Mexico, you should stand for it. Show respect to where you are. Right? But to turn around and not stand for the the American national anthem is just absolutely crazy. By the way, here you want to hear just I'm gonna, just a teensy bit so just to get a little taste of what the Mexican national anthem, what that what that sounds like. We can pull some of that out. Here, here we go. All right, great. You know, you get the you get it. Respect. I'm in Mexico. I'm standing for your national anthem. I don't. I didn't see the crowd. Uh, did you see the stands? I didn't. I, there wasn't. I, I, there wasn't a lot of crowd shots. I'm sure they didn't fill a whole stadium, but there's probably a lot of expats. The expats go to the London game. It's Americans. It's not really. I just don't feel like eh, you know. It's not really a huge draw when it comes to these some of these other places. Anyway, Marshawn Lynch and the president. The president piping in. He's not the only athlete he got into it with over the uh, over the weekend. By the way, I I know a lot of people feel very strongly about the president on Twitter. Some of the stuff I laugh at. Some of the stuff I shake my head at. I, I'm I I don't know. How do you I, how do you feel about it? I just kind of I get it. And then some of the stuff I go, well, I probably wouldn't have done that. But I'm not him, so I can't tell you. All, all I tell you is that you start to look at this uh, this world we live in these days, 2017. I was talking about this earlier. You know, you got a situation where things don't make sense anymore to anybody. I don't care who you are. Up is down. Left is right. Right? I mean, it's just crazy. 
everything's flipped up. There's good and bad to this. Some of the good stuff we've seen is the disruption, technology. People in places that they never would have been before. I don't know, good or bad, you say it, but I mean, this this last election was disruption in politics. At its core. What does that look like? And where are we, where are we moving with this? There are some good things coming on the horizon. There are some good things coming on the horizon, but boy, we've got some pain to go through. And part of it, as you've been hearing about lately, in a dangerous world that we live in, this this is a dangerous world, but we, it, you think about some of the things we've been hearing about in politics, mostly because... We know the media is not going to really report on the Hollywood stuff, but boy, I got a report. You won't. Believe, I mean, you might probably will believe this. We come back. I've got a report I want to get to. That is from a place in the media. I will connect it to Hollywood, right? Some of these folks on the far left being uh, accused of things. And if you watch CNN, like they think that only Republicans do. And I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm just a guy. I guess if you had to boil it down, I'm more of a libertarian, a conservative leaning guy. But, you know, I'm just a guy. I don't swear allegiance to one party or the other. It's just I, I feel like that's probably who most of us are at the end of the day. But I got to tell you, um, some of this stuff will just blow you, the, the hypocrisy that you see, just blow you away. So Al Franken, right? Weinstein. Uh, there's more announcements today. The women, according to Drudge, media ignored Clinton accusers. There's four more. And then what? We just had an, another breaking news, a little piece of breaking news. Al Franken's got another accuser. All of this comes to a culmination when we look at Roy Moore. And I got to tell you, this stuff with Roy Moore in the last couple of weeks has really been bonkers. And I'm, I, I, to understand it, because I spent some time in the South, I felt like the only thing that I could really do to kind of get my arms around it would be to do a deep dive and to go to the South. So we'll give you a chance to weigh in. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three is the number. But that just rolled off my tongue. I think that I got that right. There you go. And so uh, we'll give you a chance to weigh in on that. You can also email me Justin at JustinBarclay dot com, J U S T I N B A R C L A Y dot com. And I'm on Twitter at Mister Justin Barclay. I want to talk to you today. I want to hear from you and I want to see what you're thinking because my favorite thing to do is just kind of tap into the people. I love to see how people think. I love to hear, you know, what makes you tick. And I want to empower you, give you a chance to join this conversation, because that's where we're headed with this technology. That's where we're headed with all the disruption is that your voice counts even more. It's even louder. And that could be good or bad. We'll talk about all that today. A good friend of mine, buddy from Alabama, joins me. He's a, a, a minister. He's an author. He's talked uh, politics. And he's on the ground in Alabama. 
Coming up after this, we'll join my good friend Adam Davis right here on Pat Gray Unleashed. It's Justin Barkley on The Blaze. This is Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. returns on the blaze radio network all right for pat gray today it's justin barclay this is the blaze i wanted to dive deep look the roy moore story is certainly fascinating all of these stories are now 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 for any of us to act like these things weren't happening or were never going on i think it's is kind of naive but it's the legitimacy of the individual stories and how do we really measure that? Because there's a delicate balance here, right? There's the balance of every woman should be believed until they shouldn't, right? And then everyone is innocent until proven guilty. There's a rush to judgment. Of course, we have that that whole innocent until proven guilty, and we have the preponderance of evidence, you know, criminal, and then the civil courts. But, like, there's that whole court of public opinion thing that's completely different. And that's nothing new that's been going on. Yellow journalism stuff back in the day when they had this little, I mean, back at our founding fathers, right? They had the pamphlets and things like that. They used to go at each other. And they've completely ruined people's lives through the years. There's, there's really nothing stopping that. Except for us. We tolerate it. We put up with it. And we're the ones that are to blame. I'm going to bring my buddy Adam uh, Adam on. Adam Davis, he's an author, he's a minister, and uh, all-around good guy. He also happens to be in the great state of Alabama. Adam Davis, appreciate you joining us uh, with us today. Adam's a former cop, by the way. Adam, welcome to the show. Hey, Justin, thank you for having me. Hey, man, uh, you know, you're, you're a unique guy. You're on the ground there. Um, your background's kind of interesting because you kind of came from the hostage negotiation side of uh, – of policing there in Alabama, and uh, you kind of got to be level-headed dude to do that kind of stuff, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need to be level-headed. Um, but you know, it's it's certainly um, you know it's it's something that that can be blown out of proportion. But you know, it's 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 a serious situation. But Alabamians are are going to be uh, the ones who voice uh, their belief and their opinion on on the whole situation come December 12th. So we look forward to that. So what I really wanted to do is kind of set you up. I want to talk about who you are and what you, you know, what you have done and, and where you've been. You're an entrepreneur you're an author. Um, and you got this ministry background as well. Your faith is a huge part. It's, it's completely woven into what you do, but you know, the one thing that needs to be interjected into this conversation and every conversation that we have these days, unfortunately, there's a huge lack of it, is this reason, this idea that we need to kind of be measured in our response to things, that we do need to understand that there's a delicate balance when it comes to these accusations. Um, everyone that, uh, every woman, and let's be honest, men too, because these things are happening uh, on both sides. Everybody needs to be heard and deserves uh, to have their claims taken seriously until they are not, until they don't, and if, if a claim becomes proven otherwise or or or, or uh, 
there's just other uh, proof that comes to light. And then the same with the, the, the person who's being accused. They deserve justice, right? So, like, uh, the whole idea where the media just runs out, points a finger, and then the person is just, they get that scarlet letter, right? They get that mark, and then they're done. Forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, we we just as a people don't really kind of take the time to to weigh things, and man, man, there's a lot of reasons for that. Maybe it's because we don't have time in the the world, the information age that we live in. We just take in the information that we agree with, throw and chuck everything else. But Adam, on the ground floor, on the ground floor, I'm really curious to find out what that mood is and what people folks are saying there yeah. in Alabama about. Yeah. Work. Well, you you know you you're gonna have. In anything in any area of politics, you've got the those that are going to vote Republican. It it really doesn't matter who who is on the ticket, and and then you got those that wouldn't vote Republican. It doesn't matter who's on the ticket. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but but at the end of the day, uh, accusations are serious. I, you know, from a, from a voter's perspective, uh, and it is cause for for concern uh, to say the least. But at at the same at the same time i think that we should look at it uh from a broader perspective and understand that at the, you know the media shouldn't be the ones who ultimately determines uh the outcome of an election regardless of of which candidate wins uh but will will these accusations have an effect on the outcome of this election and, and let's face it this is a this is a huge election for for Alabama. Um, it, it's it's kind of tilting the scale, so to speak, or breaking the tie. I mean, there's there's a lot that's at stake, and uh, and these accusations are serious. But at, at the end of the day, it's when those votes are cast, um, it, it will it will tell what Alabamians believed and what they bought into. And and does it mean that we totally dismiss claims or 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 just buy into whatever accusations are given. I believe that, that we're at the brink of of buying into a dangerous precedence where just any accusations come, that come out, uh, we allow to ruin uh, a person or their, their reputation or their career or their lives. You know, and here, from, my, from where I'm at, if, if he's guilty, and I say if because I don't know, I know the accusations that are out there, but if he's guilty, he should step down, period. If he's guilty, if he did it. But if he's not, then go 100% and do what you're supposed to do. Uh, because, that, you know, this it's, it's a nasty, nasty, nasty world of politics. And, and I think that that's what we've just got to kind of navigate through here and, and let the voters decide. You know, you see, if he's guilty, how do we know? Yeah, you know, that's that's the thing because this isn't something that, you know, we're going back forty years and and some of these things, not just with uh, with Roy Moore, but with some of these other accusations from from politicians and Hollywood and and listen, I am all for uh, for people being hurt at one hundred and ten percent. I have been there myself. I I I have been the voice speaking out, and I believe in that. Um, but you know, there's a balance. Is this a criminal matter? Uh, you, you know, but at the end of the day, no, it's not going to be a criminal matter. But it can certainly destroy his political campaign and any you know potential uh, career that he may have in the future, uh, just like any actor or, or any other professionals it would. So, but you know, 
how how do we prove it? How do we prove it? I, that's that's going. Adam, be hang on a second. I, I want to get into this a little bit further. I want to kind of dig in and give us the tools to do this. As somebody yeah, that dealt yeah. uh, with justice in the law enforcement, uh, how do you kind of get to the truth? What are the things that we can yeah. do to weigh? Uh, the evidence, etc. I want to get into all that coming up in a second. Adam Davis joins us right now, theadamdavis.com, author, uh, minister, former cop, hostage negotiator, injecting a little reason into the conversation, something that's lacking these days. We'll talk with you, too, coming up, 888 You can join the conversation at any time. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Justin Barclay and Justin at JustinBarclay.com on the email. Back right after this. In for Pat Gray, Unleashed, this is The Blaze. Pat Gray, The Blaze Radio Network. Unleashed. Welcome back in, Justin Barkley for Pat Gray. Well deserved vacation and the Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, an honor to be here with you to talk about some of the things we're talking about today. Just one of the pieces of the conversation is the sexual abuse, the uh, assault, the harassment claims that uh, that are that are hidden un- under the rug. I mean, this stuff's been going on for a long time. It's not just in Hollywood. It's not just in politics. I mean, it's happening to everyday people in everyday scenarios in everyday life. And this really isn't a political thing, but like all kinds of politics, it's being used right now, right in uh, in political warfare. Joining us right now to talk a little about this is Adam Davis. Adam is a former cop, entrepreneur. He's an author, written for uh, several big magazines. You would understand and recognize some of the, the blogs and places he's written also written a, a couple of his own books as well uh, i give you a chance to talk about those coming up here in a little bit adam but i want to talk about you because you just said something i and i was i reminded um about this when you mentioned it you've been through this yourself personally mm-hmm. yeah i was uh and didn't talk about it for over 20 years and uh it was something that what, happened, what happened? Whenever i was a child yeah uh, what happened just, when you were a kid yeah, sexually assaulted as a five-year-old boy by a non-family member and uh, didn't tell anybody about it and uh, until I was in my 20s. And, uh, you know, when I come out and said something about it, really, you know, the the fact was when when, when it uh, when I talked about it, nobody, nobody gave a lot of uh, credence to it, uh, but it was something that I wanted to get off my chest and kind of move on from. Because that's a lot of uh, shame, a lot of guilt to deal with, um, and that that forgiveness kind of positioned me to grow as a person and become a more effective uh, servant, uh, either as a minister, speaker, and writer, and and it just helped me grow. And I've been holding on to that, you know, that for a long time. So what what I what I found was that um, people will believe what they want to believe. And uh, whatever's, I guess, beneficial for the agenda. But, you know, these should be taken seriously. Uh, They should be taken seriously. And and listen, I'm I'm not endorsing either one of them. 
I think that we should voice with reason and common sense, and and I'm sure that that'll be attacked from either end. That, that statement, you know, say that we address this with reason, and even saying if he's guilty will bring criticism. But mm-hmm. let's be let's be honest. Unless you were there, uh, you can't speak to the to the truth of what's going on here. And and I I don't want to be quick to throw stones and. Uh, so I, I, it's, a, it's, it's just a sticky situation. I mean, it's, it's really a delicate situation, but uh, it's not something that's going to go away anytime soon. Something we talked about earlier today, Adam, was that no matter what you say, if you talk about this and you speak mm-hmm. up, uh, you're going to be right. condemned. People are going to be coming for you. It could, it could be on both sides. Oh, yeah, um, no doubt. And from, yeah. yeah, from both sides. So there are a lot of good people. That just aren't saying anything right now. Well, and, and I think that's that's where we've gotten to as a society is is that they have seen you know so many people have seen the consequences of speaking out and voicing their their beliefs and their opinions, and they've been persecuted in the social arena, um, not not physically, uh, so to speak, but in a social setting. And they just they don't want to deal with that. They don't want to deal with the blowback there. So people that are are intelligent, that are good people, have chosen to stay silent. And you know, uh, I believe that as adults and that as Americans, you know, before we're a Republican or a Democrat or Libertarian, we're Americans, and we've got to find something to come together on. We've got to find a re- a way to unite because this what we're doing right now is is really is really setting us back two or three decades. Uh, what do you see? And, what is that thing? You know, as we still we, come we, together, I mean, like yeah. in brief moments, brief mo- hurricane, brief moments, right. yeah. uh, you yeah, know, crazy, uh, the, the shooting in Vegas, uh, brief moments, but then we're, we're, we're also, you can see in a lot of these cases, yeah. they're finding a way to divide us. Uh, yeah. we're, we're being but divided. We're, we allow ourselves to be divided. However you want to put that, exactly right? right? And it well, is faster and faster. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 like you said earlier, reason. We've got to approach this with reason and 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 remove uh, from our perspective. Try to address it without the emotion being in the middle of it, and, and address it with with somewhat of an intelligent conversation instead of just throwing darts at the wall and seeing what sticks. And you know, this. But but we've got we've got to find a way to to navigate through this in a way because it's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. It's not going to disappear. It's not going to get any better. Accusations are going to fly, and there's going to be more to come. And and if Roy Moore is elected on December the twelfth, uh, December the twelfth, then you can be certain that there'll be more to come after that. Um, but you know, how do we address it? How do we handle it? There's no way to 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 really process something that happened 40 years ago uh, from from our perspective. That's up to the person that's making the accusation and whoever's guilty um, of, of being the, the uh, uh, aggressor. What are uh, – we're hearing stories about uh, pastors coming out to uh, – Yeah. To speak out against him. We're hearing stories about pastors coming out to support him. I mean, this is completely – I mean, we're, you're divided in Alabama. What is the yeah. sense or the feel you get of the, the the people in Alabama? Most, well, a lot. Most of your people are are going to 
remain quiet until December the 12th. <laughs> That's when they're going to speak out. <laughs> for, for, yeah. Yeah, for, for several reasons. But, yeah. you know, in, in my opinion, you know, you've got you've got some political agendas from the, you know, ministers that are speaking out and and, uh, you know, I'm on both, I don't on both know. sides. Yeah, on both on both sides. And you know yeah. what? Uh, should should they or shouldn't they? I, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's all kinds of different arguments there. But uh, for the most part, you've, you've got people that are that are just going to stick by Roy Moore. It doesn't matter what happens or what comes out against him. And you got those that aren't going to vote for him, period, because of what he stands for. And why and, is uh, that? Well, I mean, it's, it's you know, that that's just that's the America we live in now. That's the that's the America we live in. That is the state of our country. Where it used to be, where I like a guy uh, for this, you know, for these principles, but I don't like this, and I can overcome. You know, people are going to vote a straight line ticket, or they're going to vote because of whatever agenda or principle or issues he represents. But you know, Roy Moore has has not had a, a tremendous track record in Alabama, um, and you know, just from a political standpoint. But he is a, you know, by all accounts, a devout follower of Christ, but. You know, none of us walk with him every day. None of us have been with him all of his life. We don't know. You know, we can just see what the fruits bear, and that's what the Word tells us is what what fruits does this person bear. And I think that his response to these situations really says a lot about who he is and and then the way that the Democratic candidate has handled himself says a lot about him. So, um, yeah, it's it's a messy situation, and I think a lot of us are ready for December 12th. So what I see, and I'm just, I, 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 I don't have like a crystal ball or anything, but I, I don't know, you know, politics, okay, I, I got a little bit of a handle on that, but people I know, it's been my job to know people for the past 20 years and yeah. probably even before that when I was a kid, you know. Yeah. Uh, but my, my point <laughs> is is that I feel this big backlash. Mm-hmm. And it's my sense that the folks in Alabama are, feeling attacked because a lot of this is coming while while it's coming from people from Alabama and there are there are people speaking out in Alabama it it feels like it's coming from the outside and yeah yeah uh you know I know like I said the little bit of time that I spent in the south one thing uh southerners do not like <laughs> is people coming from uh from somewhere else trying to tell them what to do we fought a yeah, whole well. war over that <laughs> you know well you know so, I, I i think i think that 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 certainly is an issue but you know we, we always welcome folks down here in, in south alabama or no, any part of it, alabama but yeah no no and, and i'm not there's nothing like southern hospitality okay so i you know yeah. i don't want to listen i'm not trying to but what i am saying here if i can if i maybe say this a little bit better is that adam they don't know who to believe anymore and if they don't know who to believe it it, it is the fault of the media um if they can't go to journalists who they thought at one point in time or at one point in time were were the kind of standard bearer i can trust what these people are going to say if they can't go to those people because they've thrown out that that credibility and that every bit of the public trust that they had this is the most dangerous piece of this is that who can they go to? And that's where we are today. 
it, it was like just, uh, you know, a few years back, you know, the big thing was racism. Okay, this is your racist, no matter what. It, it's almost a joke to say and to call people racist nowadays, right? That's yeah, racist. Really or this is racist. You know what I mean? Well, I and mean, what I'm saying are, is yeah, when well, you say that so much, when you cry wolf so much, it loses the sting. What really is? We don't even know what really is racist anymore. We don't know what a real uh, 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 accusation is anymore. Can you help me iron this out? Well, I think I think what we need to do is is go back to the basics, Justin, and that's define what is truth. And and addressing and finding truth uh, through through the lens of of uh, balance of reason um, and but uh, Adam and I hate to I want to hold your feet to the fire here but what is truth because your truth is different from my truth my truth yeah. is different from your there's so many different pieces of truth and perspective out there now I mean you literally have people who are walking uh, around and and. Telling not only telling each other uh, that whatever they want to be today is fine, and I don't. It could be yeah. a sexual yeah. preference, or it could be a uh, a gender feeling, or I just we're so fluid in all these things. Right. Where is the rock? Well, the the rock goes back to the foundation and the foundation of of our great country and uh, what my faith is based on, and the faith of many people. And that's the word, and that's the Bible, and that's what Jesus Christ said. And uh, all through his, all through his, uh, all through the word, and through the New Testament, through the Old Testament, that's the standard. That's always been the standard. And the day that we remove that standard from the, from the fiber of our country, whether it was through schools or, or media, whatever the case, is the day that we began to see this, this flood of just unreason and chaos begin to take over, and uh, you know. It, that's the that's the standard. It will always be the standard. If the standard hasn't changed, we just chose to ignore it, and that's just the way it is. And people that that know that word and know the standard can see that back when we had that as the pillar of our nation, that we were a better nation and we were a stronger nation, and we didn't have this chaos and and hate and fighting and backer and bickering. Um, you know, there's always been issues, but we always had a standard to go back to. And we always had a rock to lean on, and and that's always going to be the way it is. And we just got to choose to go back. It's time to go back to the basics, and that's where the basics lie. Before I let you go, Adam, uh, theadamdavis.com, you've written a couple of great books. L let's talk about your latest project. I want to just give you a chance to talk about that because it's yeah, so important. Yeah, man. Listen, uh, it, my heart is is for uh, I know what it's like to be in a in a dark place. And really not know who to call, and so I'm, I've committed my life to to encouraging other people, to ministering to other people, and 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 that doesn't come in a conventional ways. It's maybe it's through the written word or coming to speak, but uh, behind the badge, 365 daily devotions is a daily devotion for law enforcement being published by Broad Street Publishing, and uh, it's releasing May of 2018, and you can be uh, start pre-ordering that. Uh, around February, uh, if you want to, on Amazon. And it's behind the badge, 365 daily devotions for America's law enforcement. It is every day uh, about 275 words that are straight, uh, straight for, for law enforcement. There's a scripture and there's unique prayers every single day. And I cannot wait to get this in the hands. And it's gotten some great, some great support 
uh, retired Lieutenant Randy Sutton's right in the forward. Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman's endorsed it. Uh, and then many other national organizations that are getting behind me. And it's early in the process, Justin. It's, it's really early, but I believe in building relationships because I've got some more books I'm working on after this one, and uh, I'm excited about what's to come. TheAdamDavis.com. You want to keep up with him. I appreciate you being here with us today, man. Thank you so much. Hey, my friend. Thank you so much. You got it. You're you're a good guy. He's a, he's a good guy, and i got to tell you, Adam's a good friend. Uh, I wanted to go straight to Alabama. And now you know why. The stories that are coming out, though, uh, as I said earlier, this isn't just about politics. There's a lot more uh, to it. The latest claims we'll talk about right after this. This is The Blaze. Pat Gray, only on The Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns. Hey, welcome back in. It's Justin Barkley in for Pat today. And, of course, uh, this is the blaze. We're talking about some of these latest allegations. Uh, new ones, by the way, now. Uh, this one is kind of... Uh, there's some that, are, that can kind of look... I've got to tell you, like a little, a little strange. I saw one the other day. Oh, it's crazy. Ryan Seacrest. Now, the full story on Ryan Seacrest, I mean, we want to get a little deep in the in the weeds here, but he he's being investigated right now, or the claims are, right, by uh, the E-Network, the network that, uh, that airs Ryan's, a lot of Ryan's shows. Well, let's not forget about Ryan is not just like a radio guy. He's the producer of like these big reality TV shows, his company. So the Kardashians, yeah, you name it, all that stuff that I don't watch. Right? <laughs> Why would you, right? Now, I, my wife, she does. She watches some of that stuff. I can't get into it. But there's more from radio. Harassment's claims grow as NPR shakes up its board. More out of NPR. Now, this is this is, this is my point of bringing this up. I'm not trying to point the finger. I think there's a problem. There are problems. But how do you tell what's real and what isn't when it comes to politics? This whole thing of like acting like this is a specific party issue is it's just it's ridiculous doesn't work at an npr of all places they're so inclusive they're so tolerant the growing swirl of sexual harassment allegations that has caught up the worlds of politics media and hollywood has also touched radio this out of InsideRadio.com. Uh, as NPR deals with allegations that its chief news executive dealt inappropriately with female staffers, the Public Broadcast Network's board chairman has announced he will step down. The chairman's stepping down. Um, so it's causing a bit of a shake. Now, and the question is, 
good, bad, real, fake? Who knows? But the same kind of disruption I was talking about at the front of the show, the technology, all of it that, that enables this, this, this world that we're in right now. Everything's getting shaken up. Now, a lot of people, there were people that voted for this when they went to the ballot. They voted for that. They specifically voted for the president because they wanted to drain the swamp. They wanted to shake things up. My wife, her grandmother is 90 years old, just turned 90 last spring. And she is, I got to tell you, this woman is a firecracker. Sharp as a tack. She really is. She gets around, you know, I mean, and the thing about her is that she was administration for for schools here in Michigan. One of the first female um, administrators. I think she was one of the first superintendents in the state of Michigan. And she, through the years... I mean, you could call her a feminist. She did. She challenged out of school she was teaching at. A principal told her she said that she had to, uh, she came to school, I guess, wearing a pantsuit or something. And this, the principal said, you have to wear a dress. You got to go home and change. She refused. It's like, she's, you know, she's like, you go all the way back, man. She's pretty, she's pretty lefty. God bless her. But I knew we were in for it. This was part of the, 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 the insight I got last year. I knew we were in for it when she one day just announced, I think I'm going to vote for Trump. People want to see it shaken up. Part of this is people uh, just, they're fed up. They're tired of not having a voice. You know, they're tired of feeling like like they're getting kicked around all the time, like they're not listened to. And I think that's part of this sexual harassment, the the story that we keep seeing. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, by the way, is the number. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. I want to go to go to your phone calls as well. Uh Anthony in Maryland is on the phone with us right now. Anthony, welcome to the show. <clears throat> Hey, um, so I got a couple of comments, one that I called in specifically for, but this whole Roy Moore thing. So here's one problem that I have with the whole Roy Moore thing, okay? I think in in our polarized atmosphere today, we've got to be very careful because this could be a situation where people are trying to, uh, you know, trying to surreptitiously undermine our democracy by just discrediting people they don't like. Sure. I don't know if Roy Moore, I don't know if Roy Moore is guilty or not. I don't have a dog in that fight. I don't. It's not up to me. But I think that we need to need to have a new standard to speak to your old, to your to your guest that you had a few minutes ago, where if you're going to come forward with a serious allegation like this against a politician, either somebody who's in high office or who's running for high office, you either need to have some kind of evidence, like the the young woman who said that she was um, 14 when this happened. She was in his home. Tell us about what the inside of this home looks like. Or it looked like back then. Tell us some of the details about what 
was in his home, some of the furnishings, the you know, whatever. Either that, either you come forward with some kind of evidence like that, or both parties, the person running, the person in office, and the person who's making the allegation, better be ready to go to pony up and go, we'll take polygraphs. Anthony, hang on the phone. I know you wanted to make another point. I'll give you a chance to do that. You can jump on with us, too. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. And for Pat Gray, I'm Lee today. It's Justin Barclay. This is The Blaze. Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome in, Justin Barkley. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. I'm in for Pat because I'm obviously not Pat. Pat is much more handsome. Bigger bank account. All around just like nicer guy, pretty much. <laughs> no, it's an honor and a privilege to uh, to be here with you today in the, in the blaze. I got to tell you, it's a great time. Every time I get asked to come and hang out with you, uh, the blaze is different. It's it's a lot of fun, and that's why I'm here. We get great calls, 888-900-3393. We'd love to hear from you. As a matter of fact, you can jump on the phone line with us, too. Uh, you can email me, justin at justinbarclay.com, J-U-S-T-I-N-B-A-R-C-L-A.com. And uh, also, I'm on Twitter at Mr. Justin Barclay, so I'd love to hear from you through the show. Anthony's in Maryland. We didn't have time there, Anthony. We, uh, we didn't want to cut you off. I know you've been holding and you had a point you wanted to make. <clears throat> yeah, um, so there's been a lot of ba- um, recent uh, backtracking by the Democrats regarding Bill Clinton's um, behavior both before he was in office and while he was in office. You know, it's funny so, you I- mention that. It, l- let me just make this point. There's a there's a Daily Mail right now. There's mm-hmm. an article that was just put out exclusive. Bill Clinton is facing new accusations of sexual mm-hmm. assault by four women while the former yep. president was working with a billionaire playboy and flying around on his private jet, nicknamed, I'm not even going to say the full name, Air <laughs> F-1, claims the Clinton author. That doesn't surprise me, but here's here's what I want to get to. Have you ever heard of something called the Former Presidents Act of 2012? What is that? That is the law that gives former presidents their pension, their Secret Service detail, their staff, their office space, and their medical care for the rest of their life, all taxpayer-funded. And the way that the law is written, the only thing that a former president can do to make themselves ineligible for those guaranteed benefits for the remainder of their life is to be removed from office. Now, what that means is that a former president can engage in felonious activity. They can actually renounce their United States citizenship, move to a foreign country, gain citizenship in that foreign country, and the U.S. taxpayer is still responsible for providing all of those benefits for those former presidents for the remainder of their lives. Now, really? Yes. Now, this law existed before 2012, 
I think the original was written in 1974, and it was originally for 10 years. Good old Barack Obama had Congress write it again. It was pioneered by Trey Gowdy, which really surprises me because Trey Gowdy is a very you know, sound-minded individual. But he expanded it to lifetime with no restrictions whatsoever post-presidency. Here's my problem. You look at a man like Bill Clinton, who was, who has a serious allegation of possible rape while he was the attorney general of Arkansas before he ever ran for governorship of Arkansas, before he ever ran for president. Is it fiscally responsible? Is it truly just for the American taxpayer and for the women of our country to be forced to pay for him to have a comfortable retirement with Secret Service detail and all these other perks and benefits when in light of what's coming, you know, coming down now regarding reassessing how we actually look at these individuals, to include Bill Clinton by many in his own party, we should have a mechanism by which we can say, not anymore. We're not going to pay for your crap anymore. We're not going to pay for – because the pension is $200,000, big whoop. But the Secret Service detail, I can only imagine what that is, especially with all the traveling they're doing with Hillary's, you know, you know, around the world sob situation. Oh, I lost. Why did I lose? Crap. So what we need to do is we need to start a grassroots effort. Everybody, everybody that's listening to you, need to start calling your congressman, and they need to tar- start talking to their friends, and they start need to start talking to their neighbors and say, look, I don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat. If they leave office and after having left office, something comes out that they did while they were in office that was really bad, or they do something post-leaving office that's really bad, the American people need to have recourse for that. There is no redress for grievances in this situation, which is guaranteed by the Constitution. Yeah, good point. I I, I wonder what the laws would be about how how would you get that passed, or, or would you be able to go back and retroactively? Uh, Absolutely, yes. Because when Bill Clinton was in office, so you're talking about ex post facto laws, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So when Bill Clinton was in office, okay, number one, ex post facto laws only apply to criminal acts. You can you can only write a law to make something a criminal act after the crime has been convict- committed. Okay. This is not a criminal law. This is not a law where you're seeking to put somebody in prison, okay? This is a law where you're saying the government is paying – okay, I'm a, I'm a disabled veteran, okay? I'm a disabled vet. The government could write a law right now that says that we are no longer going to pay disability to veterans. Hmm. And there's nothing that veterans could do about that. It's an entitlement, just like – Social Security, just like Medicare, Medicaid, the former President's Act would fall under the category of a of an entitlement guaranteed by the government to a certain class of individuals. And at any time, the federal government can reassess entitlements and their award and application. Modify you, you talk them. about a Anthony. You talk about a, 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 a trying to get this cross. I mean, trying to get anything done in in Washington. Number one, but like. You know, you talk about uh, 
these guys trying to pass something like this. You and I both know that'll never happen. But it's a great point and a great. Uh, I really appreciate you you uh, calling up with this because it's a great point. Anthony makes a great point here. I mean, you got a guy who. I mean, when they start digging this stuff up, where do you, where does it go? And nobody's safe now. When you look at like the media coverage of these things, yeah, there's gonna there's gonna be a little more coverage of uh, anyone who is out of step with the current fashion of the times, and that is to say the the political correctness, right? I, that's just how it's going to be. It, 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 Republicans, conservatives, anybody who does not support the right the 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 progressive ideology or the beast here and when when you look at the the system that's just how it's going to be this article by the way uh bill clinton facing new accusations of sexual assault by four women while the four president with well, the former president was working with a billionaire playboy and flying on his private jet nicknamed air f1 according to clinton author bill clinton is facing these ac- accusations ed klein is the author they have told ed klein um, the women allege the former president assaulted them in the early 2000s when Clinton was working with billionaire playboy investor Ron Burkle. The unidentified women were employed in low-level positions at the Burkle organization. And in their late teens at the time, uh, uh, I guess, the of the alleged assault. And this is a guy, I don't even, I've never even heard this Burkle's guy's name before. Have you heard his name? Clinton helped Burkle generate business and flew around the world on Burkle's private jet, which was named, nicknamed, Air F-1. The 71-year-old politician has been haunted throughout his years in public office by allegations of sexual misconduct. Hillary Clinton allegedly offered to hire private detectives to find dirt on the new accusers. But that's not just... That's inconvenient. Uh, I, I I mean, how does she go from everyone needs to be heard, everybody's voice needs to be heard, to in the background doing this again? Whew. It's just not going away. And I believe this is, this is, the, uh, this is the disruption I'm talking about. All of the dirt... All of it will see the light of day eventually. All of these people, there's good and bad to this, right? All of these people will be exposed. But the tough part is, is who do you believe, right? And who do you not believe? Great conversation today, by the way. You can weigh in at 888-900-3393. That's 888-900-3393. The death of evil itself incarnate, right? Charlie Manson, 83. Talk about that a little bit later on today. More from Al Franken. And uh, the president getting into it with with these different athletes on Twitter. You know, the Twitter thing... It's always an interesting conversation. I I don't mind Twitter. I don't mind what the president tweets on Twitter for the most part because I kind of read. I think it's a language. I, this is the biggest problem I think we're having in America right now. 
I see this in relationships a lot of time. And there's an entire book that's written about this. Like men and women getting along with each other, husband and wife. A lot of times the frustrations come because they don't speak each other's language. Matter of fact, there's a book called The Five or Four or Five Love Languages. Is it the five love languages? The four love languages? I have to look that up. Great book, by the way. I did read that, even though I don't remember how many languages there <laughs> You know, it turns out my wife, she really loves uh, when I do like things for her or, you know, maybe a surprise her with uh, uh, doing something that she was going to do. I mean, I'm going to do the dishes tonight and I do it instead of her, you know. Or maybe I come home with a surprise I bought or something or something. That is to to her, that's like that is it. If I do that, and I had no idea for the longest time, it's crazy. I had no idea. For me, it's affection. Just you know, give me a hug. You know that kind of thing. I, I mean, that's these are the different ways. That we just weren't speaking each other's language. Learning that was big for me because I could start to understand and see the world through those, through those those eyes. Well, we're not speaking each other's language in America a lot of times. The far left is over here. The far right is over there. Most of us in America are in the middle. And we don't know how to talk to each other. There is a, there is a bit of a language kind of barrier, right? There's a, there's a bit of this weird language thing going on. So we'll try and break this down coming up in a little bit too. But if you want to get in on the conversation again, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three is the number. Online, I'm on the Twitters right now, and I do speak the president. That's why my whole point of telling you the language I speak Trump, so I can kind of tell when he's joking and when he's not. Right? I mean, I think most people can now. Whether or not you want your president tweeting what he tweets or saying what he said, it's a whole other conversation. I don't agree with everything. I don't, but at the same time. I kind of get it. Where are you on that? We'll talk about who we got into it, by the way, coming up in a little bit as well. Uh, But coming up right after the break, I want to talk about this disturbing new trend. Millennials. And I'm kind of like on the end of the millennial thing. I, I, I was born in 79. I'm almost 40, so I was born in 79. Not quite a millennial. Not quite an X or Generation X. Just weird, kind of like on the cusp. But millennials now are going to the bank of mom and dad to buy houses. And let me tell you, if you're a parent trying to raise a kid right now, this is, I mean, this is the most disturbing. The parents are probably wanting to give them this money to go buy a house. Get out of my, get out of my basement. I get it. I understand. But at the same time, if you're a millennial, mom and dad's going to give you the money. Maybe you, maybe you want to stick around. How do you make sure that your parents get the heck out of, or your kids get the heck out of your, your house? And, you know, eventually, for the kids raising the millennial, the millennial uh, with the, that are going to have the millennial parents, they're going to have to get mom and dad out of their house. <laughs> We're joined with uh, the Empowered Mom, theempoweredmom.com, Maria Lucci, right after this. In for Pat Gray Unleashed, it's Justin Barkley and the Blaze. Pat Gray Unleashed. On the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray. 
Justin Barkley in for Pat today. Much needed vacation, Thanksgiving, Turkey, all of it. Always a pleasure and honor to be here with you. On the phone with us right now is Maria Lucci. She is the Empowered Mom, theempoweredmom.com. She's a mother of three boys. Uh, not old enough to uh, kick out of the house just yet, Maria, but I know that's your goal. <laughs> that is my ultimate goal, but I can't wow. say that they don't still dig into the bank of mom and dad. <laughs> I literally yeah, right? just had to go to the ATM before Uh-oh. I was on air to give my son <laughs> some money to go to the mall. Oh. Oh, and I yeah, said, you mom. know this is coming out of your your phone purchase that you want to make. Oh, Oh, mom, like, okay. how do you how do you do that? How do you deal? I mean, as a parent, uh, listen, you want to equip them, you want to empower them to uh, to to be able to go go up, grow up, and get out, you know, uh, as soon as possible. But this story is kind of crazy. USA Today to buy a house, millennials digging deep in the family's pockets, like they're asking mom and dad for money to buy the house. Right. It's called the bank of mom and dad. Oof. And, and, and when we way. were growing up, the bank was not as available. I don't think there were tellers at that ATM. No, no. Look, uh, still, uh, I got to tell you, when I was a kid, mom and dad, every now and then, you know, they're pretty tight. But like every now and then, if I needed something, I could come to them. But, you know, the best thing they did was tell me no, because guess what? All they had to do was tell me no a couple of times. And by the way, it was more than a couple of times. They told me no quite a bit. Yeah. But then that's that's what made me want to go out and get a job. And I learned about this crazy thing called Money Maria, which then allowed me to get everything that I ever wanted. And my first job was working at a fast food restaurant and scooping ice cream, dropping fries, things like that. And gosh, that sucked. And so there's only so much but of that I wanted to do. Yeah, no, but I, it it bought me the things that I wanted, a couple things here and there that I wanted to buy. Um, and boy, uh, Maria, I eventually was able to go and start like a mobile DJ business when I was still in like high school and stuff. Entrepreneur, and I was going, there you go. I turned into, so so this weird thing happens when you need, if you're like, okay, I need some money. There's some stuff I want, so I need some money. How do I get that money? And if you go to the bank of mom and dad, right? And you ring that bell, and they give you that money, you're going to keep coming back, aren't you? Well, see, that's what I was just going to say. A lot of people just want to blame millennials, right? Okay, this 18 to 35. Okay. But this is a twofold issue. In other words, kids may be going to the bank of mom and dad, but said bank has to be participating in giving (laughs) out that money. Yeah, if that ATM doesn't work, eventually start learning. Well, this is not working. I gotta have to do something Thank else. Thank you. And the reason kids are living in mom and dad's basement is because mom and dad let them live there. Well, and and there's there's a, so let's look into some of the statistics and and, and some of the factors. Okay, yeah. so there's several factors that millennials again, and this has become a trend, uh, according to the National Association of Realtors. Okay, number one, they face more competition and costs for housing and homes, even apartments in our current economic world. Also, they have much more student debt than previous generations did. And mm-hmm. simply put, parents are willing to give out that money either to help them out or to get them out <laughs> of their houses 
Um, and like the estimate right now is that nearly 10% of home sales use some sort of family gift or loan. And some some studies show that it's up to 40 42% have some sort of family um, and there's a difference between, I was going to say handout, but there's a difference between a gift and a loan because that can uh, complicate the mortgage for the millennial. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm just curious, Maria, like, is this millennials not wanting to buy a home? Is this millennials like can't afford to buy a home? Or is this millennials like I'd rather live in a tiny house like somewhere off the grid, by the way, nine times out of 10 is still on mom and dad's land. And then like, uh, or is it millennials just, just having different priorities and deciding I, I want to pay to eat out or I want to pay to whatever it might be. And, and uh, at the end of the day, maybe there's student loan, as you said, kind of thrown in there too. Oh, there's a combination of all of those factors because, uh, remember millennials grew up watching their parents, going through a really bad housing recession and the housing crash. And oh, yeah. now millennials are the largest share of home buyers, again, according to the National Association of Realtors. But let's look at the reality. Home prices are skyrocketing. Millennials spend nearly, and now this is going to blow your mind. It did mine anyway. They spend nearly one-fifth of their income on student loans, now, get yeah. this one. Yeah. 60% of them are expected to be paying student loans into their 40s. Think about that. It's unbelievable. And it's, some of them will never stop paying. They're just never going to be out. And that's the worst part of this, Maria. If I look at it, I mean, I was blessed. My wife and I both. I don't know what happened. We got lucky in some ways. As I told you, you know, I started doing the mobile DJ thing. And then eventually when I was a high school senior, I got a job in radio and I ended up in radio and I started, I traveled all over, but I, I, I tell people when they ask me, you know, did you go to school? I said, well, I enrolled, but I wouldn't say I really went. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens is, you know, I just remember like I went to a psychology class and I know it's psych 101 or something. And we had that this one time deal. You went? Well, yeah. Well, listen, I'm telling you, I only went to take the test. I got to be in that class. I said, this is a ripoff. I was paying for it, a lot of it with my own money. And I said, oh, this is a ripoff. I'm not doing this. And, and so and so, I just was sitting in class doing stuff I didn't want to do. At the time, I could have just spent more time working in that job that I had and just being around, being there. And that's what I did, ready for them when they... When they needed me, I was there, and, and, and I just said, you know what, screw this. My wife did something similar. She went into a trade school. She's an esthetician and a massage therapist, so we, like, you know, we, we kind of bypassed all the student debt, and her sister, on the other hand, she ended up just riddled with it. Yeah. Well, in, in our world these days, it's, I mean, not just a, a high school degree is just nothing. You better have that. I mean, yeah. college degree is expected before you even walk in the door, and now it's getting to where you have to have an advanced degree to get some of these jobs to be able to pay off that student debt. Uh, but the jobs that the they get are required yeah. to have those degrees. And some of this paper is absolutely, I mean, the, the degree is not worth the paper that it's printed on. It's really wild. Maria Lucci is the empowered mom, theempoweredmom.com. 
Uh, uh, Maria, when we come back, like I want, we got to take a break here. We're getting down to our uh, a break, but what I yeah. want, if you could stay with us for a minute, what sure. I really want to unpack is, you know, talking about college and the way the world's changing. You got people like Mike Rowe saying, "Look, we got to put some more focus and emphasis on these trade schools because college isn't for everyone." And we've settled; they have saddled these kids with this debt and this for years and years and years said, you've got to have a college education. You got to go to college. You got to go to college. You got to go to college. And it turns out that the college wasn't for everybody. And once we, we subsidized this college, threw it in there and, 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 and loaded these kids up, all of them going into now there's not even jobs for them when they get out. Um, I want to talk about that when we come back, just breaking news, by the way, Della Reese, singing icon, touched by an angel star, dead at 86 today. Della Reese, she was, she was always, she had that voice, wow. touched by an angel. Remember that show? Yes. Oh, just wow. broke, that just broke, came across the wires. We'll be right back. Hang on there. It's Justin Barclay in for Pac Ray today. It's Pac Ray Unleashed, and you can join us too at 888 That's 888 Join the conversation. Are you... Uh, are you saddled with the, the the student debt? Are you millennial? Maybe you have a millennial staying in your house. We talk about that and more. Plus, what do you do with your kids? Do you get them ready for college? Is college still the thing? Or maybe you look at something else. The Empowered Mom joins us next right here on The Blaze. Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Yeah, Justin Barkley in for uh, Pat Gray today, Triple A nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Justin at com, and of course, at Mr. Justin Barkley on Twitter. Della Reese, Touched by an Angel. Remember, that's what I really remember. She had a song, too, I guess it was a big hit. Don't You Know? It was a little piece of it. That's not her. Don't you know. Is that her right there? That's her, yeah. I have fallen in love with you. Classic stuff. I don't remember. I don't know. How could I remember that? But uh, 50s, I think that was. 60s, she had a talk show, I think. Uh, Maria, do you remember Delray? I mean, you probably remember the show Touched by an Angel for sure. I, I remember the show Touched by an Angel, but that music, I don't necessarily. What I remember from that type of big ballad, big band music was my dad. He he loved he loved listening to the Frank Sinatras and the you know all of all of that type of stuff and then her voice coming through like that is just a force yeah. and she will be missed. It just seems like we're dealing with a lot of loss lately um, yeah. and a lot of icons passing and a lot of uh, loss in in you know just our our world, but. But uh, 
you know, we just have to protect our kids and, and just keep moving on because that's part of it. It's just. Well, you, you know, on the, the flip side of this, we've got uh, Mel Tillis was a big country star. Died over uh, right? and, and then you got, uh, was it David Casty? Did he die too over the weekend? Uh, that's not that's not confirmed. The last I've heard, he's still his oh, organs okay. are failing. But you know, you just never I know. Checked. You're watching Facebook or Twitter, and these things pop up. You don't know, right? So they right, they're telling right. me he's There's in ICU of, right now. Uh, fake news out there, but but uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's but, the thing. Uh, you never know what to believe, right? But also Malcolm Young from ACDC. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking 67 and 64-year-olds. You know, it's not like these are, you know, in their 90s. Flip side, though. Flips, on the flip side of Del Reese, you have the Charlie Manson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the complete go from touch by an angel to that guy. Uh, and by the way, coming up in a little bit, we'll talk a little bit more about him. But, man, um, it's really... I don't know if it's the speed, and I don't want to get too far sidetracked here with you, but yeah. really, I don't know if it's like you know this because you're a, you know, you're a former like uh, a news a news junkie mm-hmm. all the time, probably a news anchor, yeah, and, news anchor, and, and yeah. broadcaster and journalist, yeah. But but I mean the speed at which the news hits us these days, I don't know if things are are just happening, but it just feels like there's this. Uh, quickening, or we're drinking from a fire hose on this stuff. Well, we do find out about it more. I mean, it's a it's a full on twenty four seven crash of information that we can't stop. It's it's at hyperspeed now. Mm. So that's that's part of why some of it happens. So feels like it's happening faster. Um, in fact, it is happening. We're just getting the information quicker. Yeah. Well, and and the other thing is that we don't turn it off. Like we just don't turn. Yep. We're we're constantly bombarded. And I got a great guy. His name's Father Sirico, uh, head of the Acton Institute. And uh, you probably see Father Sirico on uh, Fox News. Some yep. of these talking heads. And one of these guys that I mean, he can he, he'll just smartest guy, sharp as a tack, smartest guy you've ever met. But I mean, he can just slice and dice people up. But one of the things that uh, he noted when I talked to him a while back is that when you know when we back in the day we had newspaper, maybe you had one or two, you know, uh, a day in your hometown or whatever it was. Um, or, or if you're a little more informed, you're reading more several more newspapers. But you sat down to read them, you put them down. You had more time to chew on all of these things. These big subjects and, and it was more in or... depth it wasn't you know 140 yeah. or now 280 characters <laughs> that, right. that, that was like... not confirmed mm-hmm. by sources yeah exactly and, and and it seems though and i i i we we just talked about this but as a as a journalist a you know broadcaster news anchor mm-hmm. part of the reason we're in the the trouble that we're in and i warned against this for a while but you know i really feel we're in a place where nobody knows where they can get the truth nobody knows where that what's credible and who, what to believe anymore and a lot of that is because so many different lies and propaganda and this and that have been reported you said fake news earlier yeah i mean it's all been it's all been kind of um it's all been kind of misreported and there are a lot of great institutions that have just kind of let their credibility slide in the name of 
web hits or clicks or viewership and or even uh, you know political ideology. Nobody knows where to go anymore. Well, and and not to you know attack any of the news organizations, but there are a lot of people that are not journalists. <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> that are putting so-called news out there. And when I say fake news, I really was not meaning to go political, but there literally is <clears throat> a lot of fake news that are just people online just throwing stuff out there. Well, that, and I think that I don't think, you have know, the credibility or the you know the credibility right. of a journalist. Or you're, the you're right, and, and a uh, great book, by the way. If you want to dig into this, a guy named Ryan Holiday wrote this, and he's a PR guy, and and uh, it's called "Trust Me, I'm Lying," and it goes into like in depth, especially when you look at the digital side, like blogs and where these things came from. You know, back mm-hmm. when uh, you look at the trend of of uh, your local uh, television news, you'd have stories, and then all of a sudden we've got 24 hour now with CNN, and and they've got 24 hours to fill. But he makes the point in this book with blogs. It's not 24 hours that they've got to fill. It's literally unlimited. It's infinite. That you can't. You can just the and the more blog uh, stories that you publish, the better chances you have. The more traffic, the better hits, and all of this. So whether they it's don't, true or not, that's it. They don't care. They don't care whether they get it wrong or right because in this day and age, they don't have to really get it wrong or right because people are on to the next thing. We're on to the well, next thing. We don't sit around long enough. That's where the shift has happened, that we're, as consumers of news and information, tweets, Facebook posts, all of it, we have to be more responsible and more informed and not just take the first thing we see yeah. as fact. Mm-hmm. And that's It's a balancing where, act. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a balancing act, but it's, it's also a responsibility on our part as consumers to do your due diligence and see if that's in fact true. We got to do our homework. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean. But let me it's ask you this. It's the world we live in. It's the world our it's the world our kids live in. So we have to empower them to go, okay, well you heard that one place. Why don't we look a few other sources and see if that is in fact true? And let's get some legitimate sources. Dig into it. Well, and in here, I just I just talked about David Cassidy, and well, I thought that was I I thought I just saw that that was real, you know. So uh, you know, here I am proliferating fake news onto the airwaves. I'm just as guilty. Well, just to, just for just for just the factual side of it, I will tell you. As of before we got on the air, I was looking for it, and I have not found confirmation of his death so by yeah. the time we get off air that could be different so who knows and right no matter when somebody might hear this too because we you know you never know this replays or a podcast or whatnot yeah. and so one of one of the things that you know we're talking about the empowered mom uh the empowered mom.com maria lucci not only is she empowering her kids and empowering parents but you like yeah, i get the opportunity to be empowered here too how do we is somebody just looking at this news organization uh experience and your background uh, how do we source things out? Because do we even have time or the energy for all that? Well, you, it's your responsibility to do so. You see one tweet and you retweet it, or you see something, because I saw this yesterday and even this morning because I was up, 
um, David Cassidy is dead. Then somebody would come back and say, oh, no, he's not. And, you know, no, but he's, un- you know, and it, you, you cannot take, well, you can, but if you want to be informed, you can't just take the first thing you see. Do some fact-finding. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, like, on the small things, you know, it's easy. But you look at the big picture stuff, and boy, it really, uh, I mean, it's a full-time job. It can be a full-time job. Sometimes you have to turn it off. And when it comes to our children in the world we're growing up in, this is about educating and empowering your children to sift through all the crap and not take the yeah. very first thing they see as the truth. And there's this is where so you much, empower them. There's just so much out there, too. Uh, Maria Lucci's on with us right now, the Empowered Mom, the EmpoweredMom.com. So we wanted to talk about, and I'm sorry we got sidetracked there with the death of, uh, and it is confirmed, Del No, Reese. but th- that's a good topic for us to, to discuss as well. You know? we, we, we got a little sideways. That's okay. We can do that. I, I, I want to bring us back, though. We're going to take a yeah. quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about college. I want to talk about those alternatives and those options when it comes to, uh, you know, what you do with your kids. Do they go to school? Do you send them to college? Do you send them to a trade school? How do you set this up? What should you be looking at and what should you be thinking about? And maybe you're a parent thinking about going back to school or maybe you need a little more education or throw some more skills under that tool belt. What what does that landscape look like today? We'll talk about that when we come back. Take a quick break. Justin Barkley in for Pat Gray today. This is Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome in, Pat Gray Unleashed. In for Pat today, it's Justin Barclay. Justin at justinbarclay.com, at Mr. Justin Barclay. On the Twitters and 888 is the uh, number you can join us in here. Maria Lucci, the empowered mom, theempoweredmom.com. We were just talking about education and college and kids and even parents at this point. Well, you know, I didn't go to college and it worked for me. I would not give that advice to everybody. I think everyone's different. I think every child is different and it's a custom case by case basis, but we sure haven't had that approach for the last several years. And maybe that's why we're in the mess that we're in today. Maria, how are you dealing with it when you, when you got your three boys? Well, maybe I might've been a little partial since by the time they were three, I was saying, when you get your advanced degree, then you can go <laughs> on and do whatever it is that you want. Right. So it's kind yeah. of just been not just your not just your college degree, your advanced degree. Oh, let me tell you, my dad was a teacher, and uh, uh, my mom was a social worker, and they were both like, "Oh, you're going to you're going to go to college. You're doing the." And you should have seen the disappointment on their faces when I said, "I'm going to be a DJ." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, no, part of, I mean, you know, if one of them says I'm oh. running off to a band, I mean, you know. Yeah. That, that's oh, yeah, my you know, expectations I'm putting on them. Hopefully I've brainwashed them enough. 
However, you don't know how many times I've heard uh, when I was a kid, you got to have something to fall back on. <laughs> oh, God, didn't we all? I have one already that wants to, He's 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 got, since he was as young as he could talk, he's got a servant's heart, and he's always wanted yeah. to serve. He went from, I want to be a policeman when he was four, to I want to be in the Navy, to now he's Coast Guard. So, you know, I got to respect that, but he's also going, but I want that to pay for my college. So I'm like, okay, dude, I'm with you on this. Um, but you know, I do, there is an expectation as far as I'm concerned that my kids will go to college. That being said, it has also come with, you have to get scholarships and loans because here's one of the big things about kids going to college these days that I think parents need to consider. A big trend has been that parents just, they go into debt versus the kids getting the debt, okay? And then what? here's what happens. The parents give that money, now not all of them, some parents and some socioeconomic levels are able to full-on pay for college here, go get laundry service, live in a dorm, be in a fraternity or sorority, and um, we'll give you a great condo on top of it. That's oh, not man. the norm for everyone. No, it's not. <laughs> But parents but it does are happen. sacrificing their own retirement for yeah. college, mm -hmm. and that's I, where I think yeah. it's wrong. And that's not just a retirement, but also look at uh, what they're going to be able to do down the road, how they're going to live, and do they have anything to pass on? You know, when 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 you're talking about you know building a legacy. Well, and and talking about that, just to go back to we were talking about the millennials going to. Uh, the bank of mom and dad to get houses. Right. Some parents are willing and able to help the millennials get um, a home or a condo or a, an apartment. And because said millennials have so much college debt, some parents consider it an early inheritance if it's wow. given as a gift. Oh, oh yeah. Which, okay. If parents are able to do that, I understand, because keep in mind, these, let's say, college graduates um, have debt to pay off, St college st student loan debt. Mm. I mean, the biggest part of this we, I, I really want to hit home on is when we're talking about the millennials um, and whether a parent or a grandparent is loaning or gifting, number one, that has to be really distinguished because it can complicate whether or not the millennial can qualify for the mortgage if it's a loan. Sure. If it's a gift, it's a gift. But the most important thing is, we know this one, you're, when money and family or money and friends get together, sometimes they fall apart. So the most important thing is to protect the relationship and put the boundaries on that gift or loan of money. What about when kids are looking at parents are talking about this or having that conversation? You know, we're talking about, uh, you know, trade schools. We're talking about other ideas yeah. when it comes to what, what, what should parents be talking about or having those conversations with those kids? You know, always think about like going on school visits and stuff like that, but what, what, what should they be thinking about? What should that process be like? Well, I, I believe that parents, need to see and understand not our expectations, like I mentioned earlier, 
uh, onto my own kids, my expectations of my kids versus where their gifts are. So, you know, let's say I expected my son to go to law school. This is just, well, one of them, because he is the best arguer and started at three years old, I asked him, which law school are you applying to? (laughs) Because he can debate better than the best of them. However, that being said, you know, if you have a child uh, that is better at the arts or better at, you know, working on cars or whatever it is that is their passion, not yours, but theirs, Mm -hmm. and a trade school works for them and they can be or, you know, um, um, you know, doing hair and nails, whatever it is. Yeah. If they can be in school less uh, and and for less debt, and they're already in their own business afterwards, how can you deny that? Some of these kids are going right now. This is a report on 60 Minutes a while back. They're going and they're going into like these trade schools, and they need like uh, welders, or they need uh, it could be any number of things, right? And they get out with this education the skill right that's practical that's needed right now they didn't have to spend a lot of uh, money building up this education a lot of the stuff focuses on things that has nothing to do with what you're actually going to use in the real world right and then at the end of the day they get out and they're they're getting like a sixty thousand seventy thousand dollar a year job in this trade where as you said they can start working for somebody right now as a job and if they're entrepreneurial minded maybe they turn that into a business well, sure, and 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 the our economy needs that. Our economy needs those instead of just you know just higher education where you have a four year or then an advanced degree and then you are strapped with two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, yeah, and you're in so uh, Texas right now. You you see the construction; it's everywhere. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no question. It's a very personal decision. Um, I will tell you, I would like to see my kids get college degrees, and frankly, if they can, advanced degrees. Um, will I be the bank, bank of mom and dad to, to uh, you know, finance all of that? No. Right. Yeah. I've told my kids from, from the get-go, your grades have to be here. You better be working for these scholarships. You better be working for these grants, if possible, whatever it is. Um, and, Justin, you and I talked about this, I think it was last week, uh, about kids not having paying jobs, teens not yeah. having paying jobs. Right. But a lot of times their jobs are to get um, advanced tutoring and advanced sports and advanced um, academic or band or whatever it is so that they can get into those colleges with some sort of heads up. I know my kids are in already pre-AP classes, and by the time they're out of high school, they will have, not all of them, they're not all in high school, but by the the path that we're putting them on is that by the time they're out of high school, they will already have college hours. You know, and that's something else. I've, I've heard, I spent some time over the weekend uh, with some folks uh, here in Michigan that are doing uh, some big things culinary uh, in the culinary world. And one of the things that they're working on is getting kids involved at an earlier age, as you just said, like 14, et cetera, 
And one of his guys is working with Mario uh, Batali. Is that the guy's name? The chef, oh, big chef yes, guy? Yes, one of my fellow Italians. Oh, man. And, and they're working with getting these kids started early, as you said. And this is a, in, a, in a career that uh, maybe they've got a passion in. The bottom line is college isn't the only answer. We need to be, we're, uh, I guess we need to be aware of that and uh, have those conversations with our kids early, I guess. Uh, you have to, I mean, I've, we have set expectations that, hey, we're not just sending you off in a brand new car to a beautiful apartment and floating your whole college education. You need to get this straight now and setting the expectations. Why? Is it that we're mean? Is it that we can't afford it? It doesn't matter. What you're doing is setting themselves up or setting them up rather for lifelong lessons that mommy and daddy may not be here all the time. Empowering them for the future. Empowering your kids and empowering, empowering yourselves too. So you can save for your own future. Yeah, eventually you got to kick them out of the house, or that's the goal, right? And so (laughs) we come full circle. Maria Lucci, the empowered mom, theempoweredmom.com. Great resources there at her blog where she talks about her life with her kids and, of course, uh, everything that she does to, uh, to, to help live an empowered life. Thank you so much for joining with us, Maria. Love being with you, as always. And happy Thanksgiving. Hey, you too, if I don't talk to you. That's right. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Pat Gray Unleashed is the name of the show. And for Pat Gray today, Justin Barkley, 888 We'll gobble through some phone calls coming up here in a second. And, uh, yeah, we'll give you a chance to uh, to join the conversation right after this. It's The Blaze. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the blaze radio network justin barkley in for pat gray today pat gray unleashed find me over on the twitters at mr justin barkley my email justin at justin barkley.com i'd love to hear from you too at triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three digging into the story if we didn't talk about uh, charlie manson the death of charlie manson over the weekend i don't know we'd, we'd probably be missing out here Historically, in what it meant for the culture, and it just kind of echoes even into today. Uh, if you look at this story and this guy, this uh, blind faith, the following kind of a cult leader, charismatic figure, right? And the mob, kind of the rush, the mob mentality, all this stuff kind of still alive today. Matter of fact, this guy uh was portrayed and featured in a like a horror kind of a TV show called American Horror Story as as yeah as early as this last year I mean they just wrapped up this season with this guy joining us right now to talk a little bit about this uh, Steve Futterman with uh with the latest and uh look back on the monster Charlie Manson. Yeah, he was, let's be honest, one of the most notorious uh, criminals 
In recent history, I, we still, you know, the name Manson means uh, Charles Manson. We don't, you know, don't even have to give the the first name. He yeah. was the man who uh, sort of seduced with sex and drugs and rock and roll many uh, a number of young women who had been disenchanted at their homes. They were going, coming to California to find something else, and he was there, and he sort of lured them, groomed them, and eventually a number of these followers who in some cases viewed Manson as the Messiah, they went and killed people for Charles Manson. They've done a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of work post this situation. And uh, this they, they really kind of dig into the psychology of, uh, of this guy and, of course, the followers. Um, but he, he, there's a lot that went into that. What makes this possible? People that would just kind of blindly follow uh, this kind of charismatic leader well i mean well one word you just said charismatic he was charismatic mm -hmm. even though we would see him on tv and uh, see the the tv interviews after he was locked up and he seemed a bit nuts he could uh, be very seductive very charismatic and again these he was very very clever in the sense that he could detect maybe the type of person who might fall for his con job he was trying to convince more people uh, who were uh, had lost faith in uh, at home, uh, had issues with their parents, uh, maybe had some drug issues. Some of them were uh, the old Timothy Leary line, turn on, tune in, drop out. They mm -hmm. had dropped out in some cases. These were the people who needed someone to maybe help them uh, uh, get used to life in California. And Manson was there all too willing to help. Of course, there was a price to pay. How much did uh, drug use and that whole kind of uh, yeah, that '60s culture play into this? Uh, was was that a big a big role? Well, it played a role. It did play a role, and you know, no no judgment on drug use, which obviously existed then, exists now. But these were the types of people that he went after were particularly vulnerable. They had nowhere to go. They were coming to California. They were escaping. Manson was holding out a hand, saying, "Come with me. I can help you." Then, when they came with him, uh, they were uh, they were seduced by the, the the fun and games of the sex and rock and roll, and then uh, seduced by the drugs. As well, some of the, um, I guess, the scariest part of this, and some the most tragic part of this, is some of the victims um, and the and the and the stories of of what's come out of these these murders. Um, that twenty six year old actress, eight and a half months pregnant, stabbed, hung from a rafter in her living room. Um, Roman Polanski's uh it would be the mother of of his his uh his child. Yes. Um was it Sharon Tate was that was that her name? Yep. Sharon, Sharon Tate. Tate. Yes. Yeah. Um so the just the the gruesomeness of these murders. Played oh yeah, these these were ritualistic murders. Uh these uh, victims were stabbed repeatedly. I mean after they were dead they were being stabbed. Uh and you know the 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 defendants did talk about that when they were tried. Uh, they talked about that. Uh the one person who I think some people feel has reformed her behavior her name is Leslie Van Houten. Maybe the most intelligent of all of them but she is still she was seduced by Manson. She has talked about how remorseful she is what she did to these uh victims. How she stabbed them over and over again even after they were dead. Yes, it, it was a horrible situation. Uh, they would write uh, messages, uh, 
pig for the police. Helter Skelter, remember the Beatles song. Mm-hmm. Charles Manson thought there would be a race war because of this. They wrote Helter Skelter on the refrigerator as one of the homes in the in the victim's blood. It was very gruesome. Well, did he, Steve Futterman, joining us right now to talk about the death of Charlie Manson? Again, he died at uh, 83 over the weekend. Um, did he want a race war? Is Was that part of the reasoning behind some of this, uh, some of the stuff I was reading? No, that's what he said was going to happen. This was going to prompt a race war because uh, the world was going to think that uh, uh, the, the, the killers were black and it was going to start a race war. The races were going to fight. It was going to be an apocalyptic war, and he was going to come out, and he was going to be in charge when it was all over. These bizarre fantasies, these bizarre uh, uh, ideas that he had in his head, which was going to make Shirley Manson in charge of many things in the world. This is what he promoted. It really is, uh, looking back on this, uh, just it's, you can see why this story has kind of stood out over time and why it continues. He, even through jail, a time he was locked up, didn't he enjoy uh, people writing him letters, uh, uh, women still yeah. uh, interested in him, that kind of thing? Yeah, he was supposedly engaged last year to a young woman. The marriage never uh, took place. But And remember also, one of the... One of the Manson girls, as we call them, one of the followers, a member of the Manson family. This was after Shirley was in jail and most of the girls were in jail. Lynette Squeaky Fromm tried to kill President Gerald Ford several years after all this took place. And that's something as we here in Grand Rapids, the the, the birthplace of Gerald Ford, you know, that's that's something that we... And I guess uh, we tend to look at, and we, we don't think they hear here. In of course, uh, in the in the presidential museum, there's entire uh, pieces de- dedicated to this. What happened in that event, Steve? She well, this was an event in Sacramento. President Ford was attending a uh, an event in Sacramento, and she had a gun, and uh, it didn't fire. Supposedly, uh, the Secret Service immediately uh, grabbed her. Tom Brokaw was the White House correspondent for NBC at the time. He was based in Los Angeles during all the Manson uh, uh, hubbub of the late sixties. He recognized who she was because he said she had the X in her forehead, which was what the Manson girls would do. So he immediately knew that this was someone possibly from the the Manson case, and uh, uh, obviously she was tried. I don't know what her situation is. I believe she was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole. I don't know uh, if she ever got let out. That was in uh, the mid-'70s. It is uh, it is a story that we're gonna I guess we're gonna continue to tell throughout time. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see uh, how things flesh out with this. But Charles Manson, that monster uh, that uh, that we all kind of <laughs> I think lives in the back of our our psyche, in the back of our mind, there somewhere, dead at eighty three, and of course uh, out in California where he was in prison. Natural causes, Steve. Yeah, yeah. But let me say one more thing. Sure. Deborah Tate, who is the sister of Sharon Tate, she would go to all the parole hearings to make mm-hmm. sure Manson never got let out. He had 12 of them. He was never going to be let out. She just wanted to make sure. She said today that, you know, she said a prayer for him. Wow. Can't even imagine. 
Pretty amazing. Steve Futterman, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you. Thank you. Take care. Okay, I mean, you just think about that. I mean, there's a story of forgiveness right there. I mean, I'm often reminded that we're driving down the road just to get here and there. I mean, I, I have a hard time forgiving people who cut you off. <laughs> you know, can you can you imagine what what that takes? There's just a, there's just an amount of uh, grace that's there that uh, I don't. I certainly don't possess. Not alone. And a story like that um, really makes you think, how do you forgive? You know, we've heard stories here locally of a woman being killed, drunk driver's family being able to, to forgive in the aftermath of that. But, you know, we live in a day and age where we can't agree on anything and it goes nuclear facebook twitter whatever you whatever you want to you know what i mean it, it just we are completely i i don't want to say it's polarized because i don't really feel like we are polarized that much i i really think we have a lot more in common with each other then we really recognize. I think what happens is how we treat each other is different. It's how we treat each other. And I think we go, we go through these things with each other. I think we're all in the same boat where we don't feel heard. A lot of us are made to feel small, feel marginalized, like it, we don't matter. I think that's how you get where we are today. People are speaking up. They speak up, and they spoke up in 2016. They speak up when they go into the ballot box. Maybe that's where this voice needs to be heard, but I just wonder what can be done on a broader scale to bring us back together. The thing I hate to see is the tragedies they often do it. September 11th, we're always reminded about how we felt that day, September 12th. United together as a country. Well, I mean, nowadays, as we see these horrific incidents one after the other uh, or or a natural disaster or hurricanes, and we come together to help each other out, a lot of times all the little things that kind of separate us or we allow others to separate us with, those things kind of go by the wayside. They kind of get forgotten. They're not as important anymore. Why does it have to take a tragedy? Why does it have to take horrific circumstances to make that work, to make that happen? I know that if we want to see a better world for you, for me, for our kids, right? If we want to see a different reality, we can have those things. 
But that responsibly lies with all of us. It lies with me. It starts with me. It starts with you. We have to come together, and we have to have those conversations. And maybe that takes a little grace. Maybe that takes a little forgiveness, right? It takes getting back to square one, back to basics, kind of as Adam said in the first hour. Coming up next, um, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. I have a good friend. <laughs> Even the guys back in the studios right now probably have no idea what's going to happen. But in, in just a moment, I have a good friend. I'm going to take a break here. When we come back, I'm going to get this guy on the phone. And uh, guys, I'll give you the information here. He's one of those dirty, I don't even know if I should say the word. It's almost like a curse. Can I say this on that? <laughs> liberal. He's a liberal. <laughs> He's on the left. As I said earlier, I'm a little more like libertarian, more conservative leaning. But you know what's funny? We get along. We're friends. How does that work? We'll talk to him next. Maybe see if we can come together a little bit. Right after this. And for Pat, it's Justin Barkley on The Blaze. Pat Gray on The Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Justin Barkley in for Pat today at Mr. Justin Barkley on Twitter, 888 on the phone number. Just kind of rolls off, rolls off the tongue. I haven't been here for a while. I appreciate you. Uh, a chance to be back here with the Pat getting the uh, the well-deserved vacation. I wanted to bring on a friend who is, uh, as I described earlier, he is a friend, uh, but he's also one of those dirty... Liberals, kind of left wing guy, but that's all right because I thought the best uh, part about um, my good buddy Jeff, who's on with us right now, is, is that uh, we still have great conversations. We talk about things, and we may be completely polar opposite on a lot of things, but we may agree with uh, with each other on a lot of things. We still have conversations. That's something that's not happening anymore these days. And it's definitely not happening in a respectful way if you're watching like CNN or any of the networks, Fox. MSNBC, these are polar opposite talking heads yelling at each other now. They get together afterwards, right? And they have their drinks at the bar and, and hang out with each other, but they they do the like the fake wrestling thing with you in, like on TV. Jeff, we're not going to do that today. You and I are going to have, I don't know how entertaining this will be, but uh, we're going to have a good conversation. At Barrett All on Twitter, he's big on Twitter. He's a, he's a writer. He's a PR guy. Um, and they're just all around good dude. Jeff, thanks for joining me, man. That's an awesome introduction. Yeah, happy to be the Colmes to your Hannity or, you know, the uh, your, your wrestling heel. I'm, I'm happy to be the nature boy, Jeff Barrett. Well, uh, hopefully you're not Colmes necessarily because he's not really with us anymore. But, um, you know, I'm glad that you could be here. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, look, no, thanks, for, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, we, we figured this out like four minutes ago. So. 
you know, you I'm know, super I just, prepared, but I'm I'm happy to chat about any and all things. It's like, what are we going to talk about? What is this? Uh, no, you, I, so wait, is that is that what we do? I, I come on and we talk. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Usually, when I talk no, to you, uh, you're making good points. Like we don't have enough conversation because we don't get outside of that bubble. We may disagree, but you, we can't possibly disagree on every single possible you know, topic, right? There's always a, a, a point of agreement and you start from there and you build out from there. And it's let's, okay. let's, I, I think the best thing is it's okay to disagree on stuff, right? It, it's just how we disagree, the civility of it. I probably, now let's just start with this. Right. We're not, yeah. Like we got to stop breaking, you know, metaphorical chairs over each other. Yeah, just to sure. see if we can come to terms and find some common ground here, me and you, let's start with something simple. Is it stuffing? Or is it dressing? Now, everyone knows there's a right answer here. Uh, I just want to see where you are. <laughs> it's uh, it's stuffing, right? No! <laughs> Jeff! Oh! I'm in, I'm in no! Rhode Island right now. Everything no! is... It, the, the word stuffing replies to anything. It, if you have something with a clam and, a, and chorizo, it, um, it's called a stuffy here. It's a, no. um, you oh, know, not well-known no. uh, delicacy in oh. Rhode Island. You should try it. I gotta say it's dressing. The stuffing goes in the bird, and you don't want to eat that. You want the dressing, and the best kind to go with, by the way, is the when oyster. You say dressing, oyster. I just feel like you're talking about ranch. <laughs> you, you, they're not interchangeable. You wouldn't talk. You wouldn't say, "Oh yeah, I'd love some ranch stuffing." Stuffing or dressing? I'm gonna put a quick poll up on my Twitter. We'll, we'll just see who's right and who's wrong here. Stuffing or dressing? And like I said, I think there is only really there is only. Uh, we we're gonna tackle like you know like the biggest this issues. Is, this of the is day. where you want to start points of agreement. Like if you that's ask right. somebody from the south if it's pop or soda. <laughs> oh, that's easy. It's pop here in uh, Michigan. But you know that's a good point. Like people, I think it's to make to anything Coke in Atlanta. It is. You're down lemon, south. Lemon a lot Coke. of times it's it's Coke. Yeah. But you know I think that's perspective. People see it differently. And, and to be able to have I think come together and at least disagrees in a civil way, is to try well, and understand interest, where people are coming from. Yeah, how about in the interest of bringing it together, it's, it's whatever you want it to be. It's, it's food. It's, it's Thanksgiving. It's fun. You know? You I, will like dis- I will disagree with you like on that. What I, what I will say is I will respect uh, your right to be a Neanderthal and call things stuffing. I mean, that's fine. You know, why, that's why is it that we only eat that one time a year? But everybody, <laughs> everybody like, looks forward to it. It's like oh, if, it's you, amazing. if you live... Well, it's like if you live in a state or like city that doesn't have a Chick-fil-A or a Sonic, and then you, yeah. you, you have it, and you're like, oh, this is okay. But if you don't have it in your state, you're like, oh, we need this. You have to like go. The, you have to drive like out the, of your way to get to it. Yeah. yeah I think like part of the reason terrible, is you know? Jeff Barrett's on with us right now, at Barrett All on Twitter. Part of the reason we don't eat stuffing or dressing, really is the right way to say it, uh, every, every day of the year is that uh, we uh, – We'd weigh five hundred pounds. Is part of the? I think that's part of it. You know. Yeah. We would yeah. Be... There's there's that aspect. You know. So, so I'm let's... not going to tell you how to do your job, Justin. But I mean, I've, we've been on for like three minutes. We've only talked about food. I mean, I will. That's why I try to segue here, and you keep okay, pulling good, good. me away. That's your job, bud. That's what he does. Uh, <laughs> no, we wanted to be civil. So one of the things we wanted to talk about, and and uh, Jeff is just kind of how to do that. And what's weird is that. Uh, you and I just kind of, I think we have common ground. We like each other. Um, or I mean, I know help. you like me. Yeah. I kind of like you. Um, well, that's you know. just weird. Okay. <laughs> but what I think it is, is you kind of start with uh, the fact that, uh, you know, people like people who are like those people a lot of times. So 
if we see each other as like completely different uh, and we don't see those commonalities, um, they don't stand out, then, then we're kind of afraid of the people who aren't like us, I think, in a lot of ways. There's some of that that uh, that can, can be a right. part of this process. Um, yeah, and I remember I was in Albuquerque last week, and I was talking to a writer from the L.A. Times, and he couldn't, for the life of him, understand how Trump won or why Trump still has, you know, 80 percent support in, you know, the Republican Party for him still. And I kept trying to tell him, here are the factors. And he couldn't get past he couldn't get past Russia or, you know, um, other factors or just, you know, general Trumpiness. He he got into like, well, he he's disqualified from all these things. I'm like, is he, though? I mean, I like I, you well, have to have a real discussion. You have to have a real discussion about there are a lot of people on the coast who don't think he has even a chance of winning in 2020. And I am a non-Trump supporting realist who goes. He's absolutely got a chance in 2020. In fact, I'd list him as the front runner right now. Not, not only does he have a chance, but he will win, uh, barring some sort of major catastrophe or major issue. Well, let me. Uh, doesn't it, in, in politics, it always depends on who the counter is, right? Because hey, look, man, Obama vote, won in vote. 2012. Obama yeah, won in 2012. More people, more people vote against something, or if you're really trying to get out the vote. They usually vote against something rather than for something. So and that was why more a referendum is that? against Hillary. Yeah, Jeff, because why is why why is why that? Isn't, isn't dislike a stronger motivator? Like, what's the old adage that you remember one compliment versus, or you remember ten compliments per one insult? Right. It it, it drives a stronger emotion to be against something. That. And don't get me wrong, like in, in politics, and that's why you have news networks and, you know, written digital on both sides catering to that because that's what gets the views. There aren't a lot of media views for being in the middle. So you need, I mean, which is counterintuitive to how I operate, which is trying to find common ground. But the stronger emotions side with having a real or perceived enemy. And that's what drives right. political discussion. So uh, I want to break this down a little bit more. Uh, one of the things that I want to talk about is something that I think we all uh, need to really kind of uh, come to grips with, and this is this idea. Uh, and we talked a little bit about this earlier. Some of these stories about this idea that you know that uh, sexual harassment or um, uh, people being attacked or any any piece of this right is belongs to one party or the other. Everybody owns this. No, that's a human and, issue. Yeah, and we, we need to kind of get down. Let's break that down, too, when we come back. We'll talk to you, too. 888 You can email in justin at justinbarclay.com. And at Barrett All is that guy over here, that dirty liberal we got on with us right now. He's at Barrett All on Twitter. We'll be right back right after this. In for Pat Gray, Unleashed. It's Justin Barkley on The Blaze. Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Justin Barkley in for Pat Gray today. Unleash this is the blaze. They're talking on Capitol Hill about this right now. Sexual harassment 
salt, all these things. Uh, but are they talking about it in a context where something really gets done, or is it all politics? We are going to get mandatory training, universal, uniform, anti-harassment, zero-tolerance policies in place. We are not going to allow members to have any kind of fund pay for their harassment. That is universally agreed on. And uh, we are also going to have better policies for the victims. Representative Barbara Comstock, here's Roy Blunt. My chief of staff's a woman. My legislative director's a woman. My press person is a woman. I got to stop you. Doesn't Roy sound like, hey, I have black friends too. You know what I mean? Is that what that sounds like there? We wouldn't want to have an environment where you couldn't have the best people come. And so we put together a working group, Senator Klobuchar and Senator Cortez Masto and Senator Capito and I, Senator Shelby joined us. Uh, we proposed changing our rules so there's mandatory um, orientation toward these things that shouldn't happen. We have such a real problem, a real situation. It goes beyond politics and 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 Hollywood. It's in like every aspect of life. This really does happen not only to women but to men. Uh, and a lot of times the people that come forward aren't believed. Uh, there is, I believe, a delicate balance for these people that do come forward with accusations that they need to be taken seriously until they don't need to be taken seriously. And that means a serious investigation will go through this. But also, on the other hand, in the court of public opinion, we can't just treat every time an accusation comes out as if the person is guilty. We have to be a little more somber and a little more serious about when these things come out that we're going to get down to the bottom of it. And these people need their names cleared if, in fact, they are accused and it's not real. Again, this goes beyond party lines. This goes further than uh, than we got, you know, Al Franken, the latest. There was another four accusers that have come out now accusing President Clinton in the 2000s. Uh, of uh, of a sexual assault or or harassment at least. Um, Jeff Barrett joins me right now, my liberal friend. Uh, <laughs> we're talking though, yeah, for the great because we're talking about yeah. yeah, we're talking about coming together. Uh, 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 Jeff, we have these conversations. You and I can kind of talk about these things in a way um, that we can find common ground. I think most of us do. I just want to give an example of this happening in real life. Like, there's dirty people no matter what their politics are, right? I mean, this happens. Yeah, we're all human beings, right? Yeah, I think there's a couple things that we have to take into account. A lot of these things, and you were talking about, a lot of these things aren't going to be um, tried in a court, right? So then it's the court of public opinion, and I agree they need to be taken seriously. Um, and, yes, we have to have a better process in place if, um, you know, the allegations aren't true. But it, one of the things I think maybe here's a common ground. Uh, one of the things I, you know, I heard Roy Blunt talking about that, um, you know, listing off all the people that he knows that are women, um, you know, uh, probably not using the fact that I have daughters or I, I have heard of or know of women um, as, you know, your <laughs> leg to stand on and things. I think we're it's, all human. It's, we're all human. It, it, don't, and don't that's start, the thing. Don't, is... start your, don't you start thing out with that. And also don't start. Um, don't start the process with, well, if these are if these are proven true. I mean, yes, due diligence is important, but also recognize the the, the seriousness of if somebody comes forward because the motivation in a lot of cases, there really isn't um, a, a you know a logical reason why they would want to lie about something like that. How, how do you break this off? Because, Jeff, like, well, I mean, there are reasons people would want to lie about these things. 
Sure, and uh, then you, you find those out, but you don't automatically disqualify. And I think back sure. in even the 90s or even the 2000s, don't you think we kind of had a culture of automatically disqualifying and putting a lot of the burden of the proof on the accuser? And I think even in the last two weeks, that has shifted and may forever be shifted. Which is an interesting, you know, it, it, and you're getting to it. There, are, It opens up new and different and unique challenges, but I think that is progress. You know, a lot of times when uh, Jeff and I talk on my local program, when we talk about his tech and we talk about social media and things like that, and one of the things I've been making a big yeah, point of today, issues, yeah. yeah, the the important, the iPhone X, uh, the important things that we talk oh about, gosh. one of the things that uh, that I really think we're seeing, Jeff, is this idea that we are living in the age of disruption because of technology and all of these other things. So all of these things that have been hiding in the darkness, they're going to see the light uh, and people are going to be exposed. Things are going to be uh, um, exposed. Uh, things are going to be shifted and there's going to be a lot of pain. There's going to be a lot of discomfort between now and then. But I do believe when then comes, it is going to be a better place. We're going to be in a better place, um, but it's just going to be painful from from uh, during that time. What, well, you see um, that discomfort everywhere. Like you just see that discomfort in even conventional media because social media, digital, a lot of things can disrupt that space. Uh, from a PR standpoint, you look at even 20 years ago, there were a few major networks. You maybe had cable news, but you could, you know, pretty much, and this is true for advertising, you could pretty much dictate the conversation. You could have a, a one-sided conversation that says, please buy product X because reason why. Now, and you see this in, in both media strategy, advertising strategy, PR strategy, you don't own any conversation. That conversation is dictated by the public and the response and the reaction. So, Strategy, um, and, and this is especially true now in politics too, has to be far more reactive rather than proactive. But you know, and I think we're finally getting to the point where, um, because there's a you know a lack of privacy and it's easier to find information, the old uh, you know deny, deny, deny may not be the best strategy because it'll get found out one way or the other. These things that eventually do if you've got that many outlets looking at one time. So the better option is to just come out with it whatever you got you know a lot of these things used to be rumors uh a lot of these things used to be mumbles especially when you look like a guy uh bill cosby you know you take a guy like bill cosby um yep. he for years there were just like kind of whispers i think in the in the comedy in the comic uh, realm, right? And, and news couldn't travel as far or as fast as then, and people, individual people didn't have as large of a platform as they do now. So those are contributing mm -hmm. factors, for sure. And, and yeah, and I think some of it is we're sharing. Uh, we see stuff, we share it. And uh, so, so something that would never have gotten touched in a mainstream sense on a mainstream media platform, until there was something substantial to, to share, Unless Bill Cosby, let's be honest, was a Republican and running for president, uh, then they would never have shared anything, anything like that. Um, well, Campbell but, Burris to bring that one up. Yeah, and so yeah, so you yeah, you make a great point. This guy brings it up. He says it on stage, and now people have something to report on. Um, Absolutely. So so we look at this, but let me ask you because when I'm looking at Al Franken. Um, Jeff, I don't know, and I know, you know, I got to tell you, the, the latest was Ryan Seacrest uh, 
there were some Raiders. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. And there's a guy, you go, you look at a guy like that, and you go, I don't know. Really? Do you think so? Like, I, I don't know. I, I can't say. That's the problem with all of these. Well, we have... Yeah, go ahead. Then we just have this weird thing where we live in a world where if we can't see it, we kind of tend to just say, no, nah, there's no way, and we kind of write it off, even though maybe there's truth there. If you look at Al Franken's um, apology... What he said the other day was he was sorry if uh, these women felt that way after meeting him. Same um, with Jeffrey Tambor, yeah. And um, and he, you know, so he's not saying I'm sorry I did this. He's saying I'm sorry you felt this way, kinda. So the apology. I, I think is, his second statement adjusted course on that one, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying exactly. I think that's an adjustment that's going to need to be made too. So, so that's really, Mike. I'm mean, I'm I'm not here trying to like skewer this guy, but my question really is, like, what is the right thing to say? What is the right thing to do? Because I think for years, and this is a part, I think, a product of political incorrectness, for years. People have wanted to do the right thing. You've got well-meaning, well-intentioned people that want to do the right thing, uh, but no matter what they say or do, they can't really fit within that box of the the politically correct. And when uh, media or uh, whoever it might be for years and years and years would, would call people out on things that may not be, well, that's racist or this is racist, and when it's used politically too, that kind of takes a sting. I don't think nowadays we can even recognize what racism really is to the point that we might have actual Nazis like marching in the streets and we're not really sure, like, are those people racist or they just have different political views? Like, we, we so we're really at a crossroads. And quite frankly, we're here because, um, you know, we've got this problem with, uh, media calling, you know, uh, chicken little the sky's falling and eventually so many times you don't believe it and here we are now with al franken well does and, that you know, make the, sense the I, no it makes sense i think one of the things I, probably my biggest worry is what about is that you know bill clinton's actions aren't related to donald trump's actions al franken's actions aren't related to roy moore's actions so go you know from both ends of the, the spectrum utilizing one to justify the other or change the subject about another is irrelevant and what aboutism can then start getting into justifying are there nazis well but the problem you know, we're there then the reason why the we're other side the reason why we're in whataboutism, and it's not right, but the reason why we're there is because there is, and it's been measured um, within the mainstream media, there is a slant, especially when it comes to the coverage of this president. Uh, there is a slant when it comes to the coverage of conservative versus liberal ideas and and, and, and the people on both sides. Uh, and but so you when you find, hear the you whataboutism... Your, your home team radio or TV station. No matter what but, what, but, but what I'm saying, Jeff, is that's where it comes from. People feel like their voices aren't being heard, so they're standing up and saying, well, well what about this guy? When, and and in, in, in fact, you're right. I mean, it's not right no matter who does it. Exactly. That, that's the one. So here's the common ground I want to you know, get to is it doesn't matter who it is. It's not right. Um, you know, that's, you know, you may very well. Roy Moore get elected in Alabama despite things that you know I or many people deem disqualifying right 
But, you know, there's, it, you know, real perceived, there's an even bigger distrust of the Democrats in that race, which is, uh, you know, rough, but not surprising. Because it gets back to the original point I made when I first got on, that there needs to be a villain in order to get people motivated. And the danger of having that villain is that it starts to beget whataboutism. And then we start, you know, not focusing on, you know, how we need to fix things, but, you know, the other side. And that's where, here's the biggest point I'd want to make being on, on the show or any air, is if the Democrats actually want to win in 2018 and 2020, it can't be... Robert Mueller is going to save us because that's not a real strategy. It can't be anything other than um, it can't be identity politics. It has to be an economic middle class uh, argument that certainly supports the progressive side and the identity politics side, but isn't driven through identity politics, if that makes sense. But the driver can't be change for change's sake. The, the driver has to be real inclusive economic opportunity for everyone. Let's get down to business, Jeff. I mean, let's really let's do, do what it. we came here to do. Let's take a quick break. A I got to gotta come back and we'll wrap up with you. But uh, let's, like I said, let's do what we really came here to do. Let's let's find out stuffing or dressing. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. And I'll give you uh, I'll give you what the uh, what the total is right now on my Twitter at Mister Justin Barclay. As a matter of fact, hang on back with more right after this. In for Pat Gray. I'm Justin Barclay on the Blaze. You are listening to Pat Gray. On the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here. Well, not really. It's... It's Justin. I'm in for Pat, though, because he deserves Thanksgiving. Speaking of Thanksgiving, let's get to like the real, let's talk turkey, right? Let's get down to the bottom. Earlier I said there's two kinds of people in this world. There are people that call it dressing, and then there's people that are wrong. Uh, right now, I'm getting outvoted. Uh, Jeff Barrett, my good friend, the liberal, is on the phone with us right now. Uh, and you would be on the East Coast, Jeff. Like, seriously, where are you today? Uh, yeah, actually, um, that's funny you should say that. I spoke at Brown today, so yeah, uh-huh, I'm, I'm a liberal speaking at an Ivy League school today. Uh-huh. But see what you know I'm what? Talking about? That, you see what I'm talking I, about here? But no. when I answer that, when people ask uh-huh. me, what'd you do with Jeff, uh, before I even say anything about speaking at an Ivy League, I'll go, you know, I saw the great turkey stuffing debate of uh, 2017 and weighed in with all other eight people on your Twitter poll. Let me ask you a question, Jeff. Were there protests? Were there people, Antifa and all that, lined up because they knew you were coming? No, no. Um, you know, for some reason, I don't run into a, a lot of protesters yet. Although, oh, if I weird. keep coming on the blaze, maybe maybe I will. <laughs> um, happy happy to come on any time. Um, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I know that uh, riling up people would get ratings. I kind of come here to just try and say we all no, no, no. we all share a no. common goal that that's yeah, terrible for uh, rating so yeah no, right. i know next, it's next not great come and make everybody angry i can do that too it's not great for ratings but here's the funny thing even the common it's sense great for humans. Like, yeah, 
the civility that you and I are displaying right now, this is going to make some people mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? There well, are going to be some great. people. You know what? Even if yeah. you know, even if that's great, even if I can play the foil but still be like a decent, uh, normal, you know, level-headed person, even better. I'm in my comfort hey, zone. This is wonderful. By the way, and I'm not saying like what about here, but did you hear the the, the harassment shakeup at NPR? I did. And what just, about it? Is I'm not. Question. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like. I read that earlier. I think, you know, it's very interesting that uh, this no, is a bigger no issue. Public, no public institution, no company, no media place is absolved from, you know, this potential issue. Jeff, you know, is I it possible you, that you have harassed someone? I mean, you're harassing me right now, but I'm volunteering. Mostly um, you, Justin. Yeah. It, yeah. Is, it, is it possible? Every, every Tuesday. Is it possible, though, like, you, you know, people have you've done something that you didn't realize you did? I would venture no, because I work in PR and I understand, well, I mean, A, I'm just a decent civil person, but um, no, I, but also I have always been pretty cautious in, in my dealings with everybody. I think that's, but, I, but that's they, see, not, they like made not, fun not of, not Mike Pence, not Mike Pence cautious where I have to, see, you know, that's what I'm saying, man. They made woman, fun of but... Pence when he said, I won't get on an elevator with the woman. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, uh, you gotta admit that SNL skit was funny. Even well, I didn't see the madness. That is, I don't is watch hilarious. that trash. He had to, he no, had to uh, walk out of a Starbucks because the cops didn't say Merry Christmas. Though. <laughs> makes makes a ton of sense. I get it. I, I understand. Unbelievable. The real. Unbelievable. I would have walked out over the prices, but uh, no. Uh, no, but I, I think back to, back to your question. I think everybody has to take a little reflection and and think if you know if their actions have been, you know, it's even if you haven't done something. It's good well, to just kind of reflect and, you know, and also more importantly, you know, if you see something, say something. Okay. So, so scared to do that too. So that's part of it. And we have to kind of like treat each other, I guess, in that way, man, I, I am sure, uh, that I, I'm sure that the, to us being polarized humans, but we should look out for each other. Right. Well, and I'm sure that each of us has done something that was unintentional that we didn't mean and made someone feel a certain sure. way. That we didn't mean to make them feel, and that's a good um, point. There, eventually, the other course correction we're going to have to do is we're going to have to stop lumping all of these actions as the same yeah. action. Yeah, because there that's are true. certainly layers to harassment. There is, you know, the minor but still not minor, you know, perceived, um, you know, two people got their signals crossed, all the way up to real criminal stuff. And you know, so I mean, we're going to have to eventually kind of. Make well, sure we you know, like that. the the Louis C.K. stuff, like that's probably, you know, I mean, it's that's not a mistake. Still, that's still <laughs> that's still utilizing a position of power to put yeah. somebody in a terribly awkward and traumatic experience. Probably um, yeah, not I mean, a mistake. But I get, I get somebody understanding. No if mixed they're in the dating pool. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it just you just be a little bit more cautious. Ask questions. Maybe don't say something. You know, terrible. Maybe get rid of all dumb pickup lines in the world. I think everybody'd be happy with that. That'd be no, great. Some of those, those never work. I don't know. Just be I've, a real person. No, I didn't. I did not. I've not really been a pickup line user. Uh, I never. I never had one. I just. I randomly met my fiance because she thought I did SEO at a coffee shop, and turns out I didn't do SEO, and we laughed about it, and then we went and saw a comedy show, and then, you know, four years later, here we are. SEO, what is that, a drug? Are you into some sort of weird um, kinky no, thing that we don't a, know? What are you search, doing? It's, 
search engine optimization. Um, it's not a um, sure it's not it contributing is. to the opioid sure. epidemic. You're up in Brown Here. doing some SEO right now, aren't you? That's what's going on. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm up to. I'm. Uh, I'm starting a cartel. Actually, he's really starting to rethink this whole coming on with us now. And I apologize. I didn't mean to make. No, you I'm actually. Somewhere. I'm enjoying it. I don't know okay. if your listeners are enjoying Good. it, but I'm enjoying it. Everybody, so we just, have uh, instruments here that tell us everybody is tuned out about 30 minutes ago. So, no. Oh, good. Good, oh. good to know. Good to know I'm helping to contribute to the demise of the place. Yeah, Happy to be on anytime. time they have us on. Yeah. Uh, let's get yeah, down to the bottom of the time. best argument here, though. Last but not least, Jeff, stuffing or dressing. Right now, 75% say stuffing. So, I'm, three people say stuffing and one person says dressing. So, I'm, I'm doing gonna my math. Re- I'm going to have to rethink this, or I can maybe I'll take a new perspective that it could be both or neither. Maybe maybe that's the takeaway from the, these 45 minutes of um, awkward yeah. conversation with a liberal is that yeah. maybe we're not always right, and maybe the it's, other opinion isn't right. any less or more right than ours. If it's it doesn't go on the bird, it can't be stuffing, you know. And, and if it, if it's oh, that's, not, that's if your it's, logic. If it's not inside <laughs> the bird, it's not stuffing. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't technically stuffed inside. And then if you're eating like at uh, Jeff's house, like some sort of like crazy left wing gluten free deal, that it's neither because he can't have gluten. There's no gluten there. Hey, we're big fans of gluten. What are you talking about? (laughs) Was it was it range? Was it a free range turkey? Don't don't let me in on the war on gluten. (laughs) Hey, man, thank you for doing this. I appreciate you as always. Jeff Barrett at Barrett all on Twitter. You're the man. Yeah, uh, that's Thank where you, you can direct your uh, angry liberal fan mail. Okay, the other thing is, um, because I know you post a lot of memes and funny things there, uh, the PR stuff that you do, uh, can people contact you and uh, read your stuff there as well? Yeah, no, people can People can find me. They can find my ink column. They can ask me a question on Twitter. All those good things. He's so big on Twitter, he just has to say, Google me. And that could also be taken the wrong way, too, so we'll try not to. Yeah, never Google yourself, Justin. Yeah. Never turns out right. That's uh, what Louis C.K. got in trouble for. All right, that's it for us. Well, because really, if, if we continue to go any further, they're going to completely kick us off, and we may be banned altogether. Tomorrow, if I get cha- I just I didn't have time, but I wanted to talk about the, the radio station, college radio station, where these kids got kicked off for the word they said on the air, which was not an FCC violation. But it was a violation of political correctness. Run amok. We'll talk about that tomorrow. So much to get to, and we'll grab your calls. You can email me, justin at justinbarclay.com, in between now and then, and also on Twitter, at Mr. Justin Barclay. Thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, in for Pat Gray today, another amazing opportunity to be here with you and to share. Always appreciate it. Pat Gray Unleashed. I'm Justin Barclay. Have a great day. Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.